Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. As an entrepreneur, as you're ideating, and um, part of the gifts of an entrepreneur is you kind of have unlimited ideas or you keep thinking of new ways to do things. And that's probably both the curse and the sort of benefit of being an entrepreneur. So you have to find that space where you're able to create a bridge to help people adapt to the evolution of the technology that's there. And that's generally what we're doing as Metaverse Global, making people learn and adapt uh, to Web3 and the whole new version of the internet by creating or simplifying it for them. As you grow, um, a lot of times we get a little bit too cocky. We rely on our experience and we go, um, or you keep doing the same thing over and over again. My recommendation is always experiment, always test out. Uh, your ideas, there's always room for improvement and incremental uh, improvements. It's really two good ideas put together and that's how evolution of ideas come about. And so always look to improve on the current scenario. And good evening, good morning, good afternoon to wherever you're watching from here in the Philippines and from all over the world. And welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma podcast. And here in my podcast, I interview the country's pioneering and trailblazing business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about doing business. What are their success secrets? Can they share them with us? How have they innovated their businesses during this pandemic? But more importantly, what business opportunities do they see emerging in our post-new normal lives? Is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast. I would love to have them. Please let me know. Just drop me a message. I would love to learn from them. Tonight, I've got a great guest. He's got a lot of experience working with the biggest tech startups all over the world. And right now, he has founded his very own. We have Ash Mandian. He's the co-founder and CEO of Metaverse Go. He was the former head of client solutions for Facebook here in the Philippines. Ash has more than 15 years of digital retail experience, although it isn't obvious when you look at his face. Having worked as the business unit head for marketing e-commerce under SM Prime Holdings, he was also a director for a performance marketing company and the vice president for operations at Lazada Philippines before he joined Facebook. He is a performance marketer that has built brands and rendered ideas that are among the top in the top e-commerce realities in the Philippines. Ash also had leadership positions at ByteDance, a Beijing-based company that has been leading the change in the blockchain industry. Tonight, please welcome on my show a very special guest, Mr. Ash Mandian. Ash, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you very much, RJ. Uh, thanks for having me. And hi to everybody uh, watching the show. It's a pleasure to be here. 
Re really great for you to be here, Ash. You know, and uh, the reason I know Ash actually is because when I was hosting one of the shows before here online during the midst of the pandemic, uh, Ash was still wearing his, uh, I guess, still wearing his Facebook, still was wearing his uh, Facebook hat uh, during that time. Is that right, Ash? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was still, so the start of the pandemic, I was still working for Facebook and definitely um, we were trying to pivot a lot of workshops into online events. So yeah, um, though I think we've bumped into each other a lot of times also in, in person prior to that. But yes, I do remember that's, that event. That's right. And right now, really great news about his company, which now um, his newly minted company, I would say, which is Metaverse Go. Uh, and the great news about this is that they have raised Ash, how much money have you raised from your investor? Um, so we've recently raised $4.2 million for wow. our project, which is Metaverse Go. $4.2 million. I can't even begin to comprehend uh, just how big that is. And it, was, it was led by uh, Galaxy Interactive. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. It was led by Galaxy, but it was also supported by 10 other uh, investors and a few angels. Wait, fantastic. So tell me a bit more. I mean, when you look at the, the people putting money in, why, why is it so key that Galaxy Interactive was your lead investor in, in Metaverse Go? I, I think um, so. We had the opportunity to be selective in terms of our investors. Um, and we wanted to look at one track record, one, they understand the space they've been investing in terms of growing Web3 generally. The second is they have an understanding in terms of growing community and supporting games, um, which is primarily our leading product uh, as we enter into this space. And then also the guidance of the people on the team from Galaxy, as well as everyone else on the lead, on the investor table, um, they bring something to the table either through their leads or uh, the executives and their previous experience and mm -hmm. how we could go to them for guidance. Now, uh, is this is this your pre-series A, series A? Uh, it is uh, our seed round. It is our seed round. Your seed right. round. That, that's a pretty big seed round. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it has been a big seed round. But I think, uh, as I explained the project, it is also a very unique project. And so there's a lot of confidence in terms of what this can do not just for the Philippines, but globally in terms of shaking out the space. So really excited for the work that we're doing in this space. Yeah. I want to talk about shaking up the space in just a bit, but you know what? I, I had to step, you know, I had to step back because I've had other uh, startups here as well when we shared the news about them uh, getting their first seed of in, first round of investments. And, and you know, there's like a million dollars, two million. You're coming at 4.2 million as your initial seed round. That, that's pretty, that's pretty big considering it's a, well, a Philippine-led uh, startup. Uh, what made you, how, I mean, I'm just trying to fathom right now, how are you able to raise such a large amount at the initial seed? I mean, that, that's quite impressive. Maybe uh, some people listening here with their own startups might learn from uh, your example. Yeah, so first off, it's having the right network. So I think I was fortunate to reach out to sort of companies that went ahead of me. So in that space, so, you know, Companies such as Breeder Dow or YGG, these are Philippine-originated companies as well, unlocked in the space, and their valuations have already gone through the roof. Um, so they helped us get through the introduction. Uh, we also were fortunate to be uh, supported by a company called Eden, that's an incubator. So the introductions, the, uh, the relationships that is brought uh, about by the right people 
uh, kind of vouching for you definitely makes a difference, even if you're at a stage where the, it's purely idea or concept or not necessarily 100% concept, but you have proof of concept at the very mm-hmm. least. But at this stage, um, it's really, you need somebody else to vouch for you. You can't just go knock into the door and have a Shark Tank experience and really pitch your product. <laughs> Uh, it's more of somebody else knows that, Hey, you know, I've worked with Ash. Like, yeah, as you've mentioned, you know, he really worked at Facebook. It's not a fake resume or whatever, but it's finding out somebody else to vouch for you helps get you through the door and get you the right meetings. I think is what matters. Fantastic. And I want to talk about the accumulation of experiences that you've had uh, later on, which led eventually to your creation or the, the ideation that came to Metaverse Go. Uh, but before that, I mean, you're sitting right now on $4.2 uh, million to help grow the company. As a personal question, I mean, some people, they might think, that's great, I've got money, but you're also going, oh, dear Lord, I have this much money and people expect me to do a good job. How, how, how does it feel? I mean, you know, for entrepreneurs to have that much money uh, at your fingertips is, is sometimes it's a good and a bad thing, you know, <laughs> or it's a challenging thing. Well, it's, it's, well, let's say there's both good and bad. There's... Um, the good part is really you have the funds to put a team together, right? And get the right people together. But also there's a lot of responsibility around how much runway should you plan for? And are you calculating correct in terms of when do you expect to be profitable? And when do you promise to be profitable from an investor standpoint? So there's that accountability that comes with the seed investment that bootstrapping doesn't usually come with, but also having the luxury of hiring and getting a powerful team to work with you is, I think, the worth the trade-off um, and also builds that confidence that with the right team, you can deliver um, the Great. promise you've made. Great. Um, having said that, where exactly, I mean, so when people get get that, just uh, I know that you, you kept on talking about, you know, now you've got the money to hire really great people to help grow the company where in terms of the financial runway where do you see uh the 4.2 million going i mean many many people are also thinking right now many startups are also going right now when they get the money you know they might have a plan but they're not quite sure you know they just have just big ideas of where to bring it more or less where you where do you think you're going to be bringing the company with that financial backing that you have right now well i think a good chunk of it goes into product development um at the onset or at the stage that we are we do have a roadmap where we're basically building layered products, right? And as we're building, what do, you, that what, out, what do you mean by layered products? Just for the for the benefit of those people who might not be too familiar. So maybe let's touch in a little bit of my experience and going back to a product like Facebook, right? So you think of Facebook, the first product it had was a feed, uh, or not even the feed, right? Like your own page and a way to connect with or build a network or a directory. Then it suddenly builds a secondary layer product, which is the feed. You then see a third layer product, such as groups, or a fourth layer mm-hmm. product, such as messaging. So all of these, um, once you start laying functionalities or products, then the utility of the, the platform becomes better. Uh, mm-hmm. The experience of the user on the platform becomes better. So you're starting to see this more and more today as you take a look at products, even um, platforms such as Shopee or Grab, you see them layer or start out with, oh, we're a ride hailing company to we have a grocery delivery service to now we have a wallet, 
right? So that kind of concept is part of how we've pitched our roadmap in a sense where we are starting out with a core discovery platform for games. Uh, we have a marketplace built into it. We have a community platform that will come around and we do have a wallet component, but we do have a selling point, which is we make it very seamless to get into Web3. You don't have to be somebody that's a Web3 DGen or no cryptocurrencies to explore our platform or experience Web3 with us. Fantastic. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Thanks for, thanks for clarifying that. I mean, even at this point, there's still many people who are very unclear uh, with what Web3 or the metaverse is. And of course, again, Ash, we're going to save that discussion for later on as we go into things. Now, moving on, uh, we're going to step back again because as people listen to the podcast, you know, we have got to sort of calibrate our understanding of, of what the different projects are. You know, we've got... Now, can you, you know, Hello. if you were... I'm sure you've made the pitch many, many times for this one, uh, for Metaverse Go. Uh, what is the elevator pitch uh, that you gave to the investors for what Metaverse Go is all about? So the the quick pitch is that right now um, entering or discovering Web3 or understanding Web3 is quite complex. And what we want to do is really simplify onboarding and provide a discovery platform for mainstream or mass adoption, right? Um, and we basically want it to be the easiest way to enter uh, the metaverse and that's basically our tagline it's really creating a gateway into the metaverse so with that i think the elevator pitch is simplifying onboarding and then that will impact to mainstream adoption got it now that's the first one now i want to go into a couple of things uh, about uh, metaverse go I, I read over here now that, that the way that you define it is that it's a Metaverse Go is a web-free platform that provides gamers, both new and seasoned players, easy access to play and earn games, guild participation, NFT collection, and access to other decentralized applications and making it easy. So I, I want to you know, break those things down uh, one by one uh, by what you're trying to define what Metaverse Go is. But first of all, people keep on throwing around the words Metaverse and Web3. 
And for the benefit of those listening, is Web3 and Metaverse the same thing? So um, right now it's slightly interchangeable. Um, I think the concept or the narrative of the Metaverse, and maybe let's answer that first, is an idea of a separate uh, destination or a universe. But if you think of our lives today and why it becomes interchangeable, more and more of our time, like how we're connecting right now, we're having a nice chat, but we're spending this on the internet. And as that becomes more and more evolved, the reason we're talking about Web3 is because the people are seeing that, you know, future discovery, future experiences are all within the internet. Now, there is a misnomer, and this is where we try to clarify, where a lot of people think that Metaverse means just 3D experience online. But mm -hmm. um, when you think of Web3 and how even the 3D experience, the 3D experience, yes, is part of it. It's the tip of that iceberg. But there's multiple layers around it, right? There's the content layer, the way that we're changing currencies, the way you can now own things on the internet versus before, you know, you upload your photo on Instagram. It doesn't mean you own that photo. It's your account. But Facebook can decide to switch off that account and ultimately realize, oh, no, that was Facebook account. They were letting mm -hmm. you use it. All right. So uh, to now, if you own an asset, there is a concept of a blockchain that verifies that you now own that asset is your photo. And that's where the NFT space is coming in. We're looking at games where before you sort of just go in and activate your avatar to now you can own the avatar that you use within the game. and all that is definitely changing. And then as a person, as a person, the more you spend time online, then you start personalizing things, right? You want your avatar online to look a little bit like you or have style or you can reflect yourself differently. And there was that whole movie of Ready Player One, which <laughs> a lot of people reference, but the concept is that as you get into the space, you can personalize and you could redefine yourself. And Basically, that's what the internet is already doing even before, right? You create Twitter accounts or Instagram accounts or TikTok accounts, and you try to express versions of you. Some people have multiple version Instagram accounts. One of it is a pet lover. Another one is a business entrepreneur person. Another one is a family account. So think of this as just the evolution of the internet. But when we talk about the metaverse, it's because we're spending more time, we're having experiences. It's basically unlocking a new world experience um, through the internet. And that's why well, it's kind of interchangeable. It's the really same. great, really great way to explain it. I think it's it's been, been very helpful for people who need to better understand it and who aren't too, I guess, immersed in the metaverse, no? Now, and I like the sort of pain point, and I and I guess we'll really sift to the pain point later on of how you came came up with it, but the idea is that making entrance into the metaverse as simple as possible, right? That's what Metaverse Go is. Is that correct, Ash? Did I capture it correctly? Captured it perfectly. Yeah, it's making okay. it's simplifying it, the whole thing. And to simplify it, what is sort of like, what was your, you know, in marketing terms, what was your USP, unique selling proposition or your secret sauce to make it as easy as possible? What did you guys do differently from other people? Or what did you discover to say, ah, this is how we're going to make it as simple as possible? So most of the tech um, and a lot of the tech innovation usually comes from the West, right? So when you think of, say, Facebook or Instagram, the biggest pain point, you know, when I used to work there was they always thought in the space of the United States and they assumed that the rest of the world would adopt similarly. 
like for Which example if, 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 you know, if you don't mind so that we get, we get an appreciation like for example live selling is not mm-hmm. something very popular in the US and for the longest time we were communicating that you know in asia that's how we use it that's mm-hmm. you know like we're li- not live streaming for fun we're a whole chunk of people are trying to sell goods and services on marketplace the second is even marketplace you think about it from a US standpoint they're thinking of it like garage sale you come oh. to the philippines the marketplace is being used like e-commerce right that's your car salesman it's your house and lot that's what's yeah, happening yeah. here <laughs> yeah yeah so 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 it's we use the same tool but our function or use case might be different and sometimes when you evolve a tool you have to think of who is using it so that you evolve it correctly and i think the advantage and this is where our secret sauce comes in is that from an emerging market like philippines suddenly you see things like sms mobile number as unique identifiers but uh, and you know value propositions such as data packs that doesn't necessarily reflect in the west right like if i tell you um i'll give you unlimited data or you play and then you get a little bit of uh, data packs in exchange for play in the west they have unlimited data to begin with they, that's not an incentive but you come to the philippines that makes sense you could save a few pesos here and there by just playing so those are the things that we have as our value proposition so we simplify onboarding instead of facebook login or google login web3 is very cryptic and the way they're doing it is they're using or utilizing wallets but ask a common person about a web3 wallet they don't know right so yeah they, they, have, no about, they have no clue that's no right clue. exactly oh there you ask them may mobile number ka they'll say yes thumbs up easy yeah. so if i tell you you know you can log in using your phone number that automatically something easily adoptable there are stores in the philippines around southeast asia latin america africa that already have that behavior of user login via mobile device or mobile phone your points your reward points you go to a restaurant you can have your mobile kind of track your reservation track your utility of points right I, I know for a fact that you know I go to some retail stores even in BGC and my reward points it's not a card it's not uh, an app it's my mobile number and they track so these are things that is quite common so it's easy to adopt and that's basically our onboarding versus having to study about cryptocurrencies having to create your first web3 wallet we take care of that for you got it got it so i, I like it it's actually it's nice because Uh, what people can see right now is it's addressing pain points that even complicated technologies you must take into consideration where you are coming from and I like that that the first pain point is why people want to enter uh, enter the metaverse as simple as possible and the best solution for them to enter is what they can understand here right now it's not Facebook or Google login or whatever it's mo- mobile number or cell phone so something yeah. that's that's brilliant but brilliantly simple also in its in conception no. Now the other thing that you're also doing is, and I think we have to explain very carefully to people how it works, is that you're not actually you're not actually uh, developing play-to-earn games. You're not developing NFTs, but you're developing a platform where they can be, where they can be on. Right. Why is it important to develop a platform so people understand what is key about developing a platform that that's going to make it such a, re- a revolutionary idea? And that's why people want to invest money in you. So um, let's first. Talk about the game itself and how they're different, right? So 
when you start thinking of a game that instead of having to pay to play, that you're earning from the game, you have capability to generate content in the game and monetize that or trade that, that model doesn't fit your Apple Android marketplace for apps, right? The idea there is that the app, Apple platform, for example, takes a percentage of collections that the app would collect. Suddenly now the app is not collecting fees. Instead, it's paying out players. That just confuses the whole ecosystem. So what happens is these games have no way to promote themselves, but build on their own website, uh, try to build out communities and try to market. So the first layer that we're doing is building discovery for these games. We're listing them out and letting people find these games because um, so the benefit to the game is really helping them introduce themselves to a user base. The benefit from a user is now, instead of you hunting one website at a time, is now you can go to one place and kind of compare, evaluate, get feedback on the games and select the game that you'd like to participate. So let's think of this going back to Amazon or Lazada, which has part of my experiences. If you think of the US back in the day, everyone had a website for their own retail experience. Mm-hmm. But by putting that retail t- experience together within a platform like Amazon, as a consumer, you benefit. And the benefit of other brands is now newer brands get discovered. And it's not just the brands that everyone knows. So from the play-to-earn game space, a lot of people know probably very popular games like Axie. Mm-hmm. But beyond Axie, people don't know what other play-to-earn games are there. And there are hundreds and thousands of them being generated weekly. And we need a platform to find out about them. So that's where we're starting. So first is the, is the discovery platform and primarily right. for uh, play-to-earn games. But what are the other things aside from play-to-earn games that you also have that people can discover uh, on the platform? So the second part is because, and maybe let's take a look at the nature of the game. So the way the games monetize is by selling the in-game assets, right? So think of uh, going and playing Clash of Clans, but you now have to buy your character um, before you enter, right? Um, so, or early days, like, by the way, Ragnarok is now an NFT platform. Um, wow. I know it was pretty popular in the Philippines, right? So think of early days character. You People in the Philippines were already trade accounts. So now... You could buy your game asset. You could buy characters. You could go into the game and buy, say, products that are generated by other players within the game. So that experience led to the second feature on top of the discovery platform for the games, which is a marketplace for the games themselves to sell their assets or for people to then trade excess. So for example, if I have five characters, I got tired of my game, I can sell it to other users who are entering the game. Or as I level up, it's like, you know, in life, in, you first buy your first car, you then move on to another car, a slightly better car, you can sell your old car. So in that same experience within the game world, you can now sell your game assets to newer players as you evolve your character or buy new characters or explore new games. So that's the second, which is an NFT marketplace. But since we're building that out, we're also expanding that since it's a marketplace, like a category uh, within um, Lazada. We have games category, but then we will have different categories for the NFTs that we'll be selling. And 
I, I know that many people are giving explanation for NFTs, but I would love to take how you explain NFTs to people who have never touched NFTs in their lives and how exactly so, you make money from NFTs, Ash. Yeah. So I think uh, the difference, and this is also one of the biggest difference in terms of Web3, right? It's the fact that there is a sense of ownership. So going back to my example, when you create content, you create digital art in the past, there's no proof, right, of you being the creator, you being the owner. Now, with the blockchain incorporation, now you can verify who created that, and that in itself identifies ownership. Now, once you create it, you could then sell it, trade it. So the NFT itself, uh, or a non-fungible token, is really just a tracker or a piece of code that kind of keeps a record um, that is validated by a community that this person owns this asset. So, so for example, like art today, think of art, just traditional art, right? There's those transfer certificates. The person, there's a certificate of a person having created that art, the artist signs it. If I sell it at an auction, there's the new price, new owner, that owner can then sell it onwards. So think of that from everything from a game asset to an art piece to a subscription plan Anything can be built with that format or tooling now available um, and that solution. So that's how even the currencies are identified. Got that. Now, finally, I think the bigger question people have right now, I mean, after you, you've been given that amount of money for product development, is to going, what's the business model? How exactly now does Metaverse go make money by developing the platform? So. Uh, it's a very simple model, and that's the beauty in it. If you think back marketplace again, and my experience with Lazada, there's really a percentage of sale or trade. So if you think of an e-commerce platform, right, you, a merchant goes there, they sell, and whenever they sell a product, you buy something on Lazada or Shopee or Amazon, a percentage of that trade goes to the platform and that is how both the platform and the merchant earns. So on our platform, uh, there's a few kind of consumer bases. So the first one is the games themselves, right? If they sell their assets on our platform, uh, a percentage of that sale goes to us. There is the guilds. So this one is uh, something that I'll probably explain where they basically rent out their assets. But again, these are what guilds mean. So guilds. So guilds. The guilds. Yeah. No, so maybe let's let's it, it's it is an expansion of the traditional. So back in the day, it's more of an esports activity where you build a team and you go compete, right? And that's the guild. Now that you've come and expanded, so YGG, one of our partners and investors, is one of the largest guild uh, guilds globally. And what they do is they basically acquire game assets, they lend it out to people who want to play. And in exchange for lending the asset, pretty much like how a grab driver would share a percentage of earnings to the owner of the car, they share a percentage of owner earnings back to the guild. Now, ask the platform for discovery because you then now can rent assets or apply for scholarship through our platform. We take a cut from the commission of the guild. While, so for example, as a user pays and earns $10, uh, the guild can take $2, we take $1, the user will then take $7 home. So that's the model that we work with um, from our platform. It's a percentage of earning 
uh, from either a sale or from a commission. Got that. I mean, I have to just, uh, I guess, commend you, Ash, because that's the most, one of the, the better, I mean, the most simple business models I've heard coming out from something uh, that is metaverse related. Because for many people, you know, to now it, it's describing their business model is a bit convoluted, right? Especially making money in the metaverse. But this one, very, very clear. Thank, thanks so much for that, Ash. Now, oh, you're welcome. Yeah. The interesting thing about our discussion is that, you know, you pointed out to your previous, I guess, stints in other companies in the tech world that have shaped your perspective on what eventually led you uh, to create Metaverse Go. And if you don't mind, I want to step back a bit because for me, I find it, what a really great history uh, that you've had uh, and, and where you've worked because uh, you've done Facebook, you've done Lazada, and you've done ByteDance. And for people who don't know, ByteDance is actually the people who put together, uh, who do TikTok, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I think I've been fortunate. I think um, these companies have exposed me to the way product is being built, uh, the way consumers are sort of how how you think of consumers and evolve your product. Because prior to that, uh, my experience is really, you know, you think of a, an idea and then you sell the hell out of it uh, versus now listening to your consumers and modifying your product based on consumer feedback very rapidly has been one of the best experiences I've had, even starting from Lazada all the way down to ByteDance, who, you know, is to a product like TikTok has been super powerful. And that's really by listening to the consumers and modifying the product to fit the consumer's use case. And this is like what I would call, you know, I, I came from a brand marketing background where you're supposed to listen to consumer, but with what you're doing, uh, with all the products that you've gone through, all the companies you've gone through, it's like super listening to consumers. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's, how, that's how I would describe it. And, and you did come from a consumer company as well. You, you work for SM, so you, you know how that's like. Um, and, it, right. and eventually you, you moved on to Facebook. If you don't mind, you know, because not that many people get the opportunity to work for Facebook. What were the biggest sort of like, if you don't mind sharing, what are the biggest insights that you gained uh, from Facebook that, that you've kept that, that, that have been very useful to you moving forward? So I think one thing that um, Facebook did very well is really build a culture at a global scale where innovation and contribution and solving problems was kind of fed into every level of the company, even at the scale and size it was when I was with them back in 2017 onwards, right? And, And that allowed for people based out in Asia, for example, to contribute in products that were being built and recommend feedback. So that's one thing. It's really the culture of if you see a problem, I think the the, the way it was is if you see a problem and you don't wait for another team to solve it, you offer a solution. Um, and that's one thing I'd pick up from there. And then the next back then it was move fast, break things. Now, I think Facebook has dropped the break things part. Uh, <laughs> but move fast was definitely uh, one of the things that I also appreciated, like the speed in which they were just shipping products and evolving the product. Like back in the day, people used to complain, like every week the interface was changing. I just got used to how the app works and then suddenly it's new all over again. But that was just... Um, an effect of the way the company was innovating and adding product layers into the overall app. And you as a user don't notice it, but suddenly you have groups, you have communities, you have chat, you have 
the fun stuff like games and throwing sheep back in the day. So, you know, <laughs> things like that, they try out everything. And that was good. Now, from there, you made the shift to Lazada, which is actually owned by Alibaba. Uh, I had a chance a couple of uh, months ago to actually do the Alibaba Netpreneur Training Program, excellent program on, on, on netpreneurship, no? What were you able to pick up now this time around from working in, in the Lasada group and uh, with, with at least the DNA of, of Alibaba coming in as well there? What, what were the, the most important insights that you gained from, the, from that experience? Well, first off, it was the reverse. I was at Lazada prior to um, oh, sorry. Facebook. Okay, Facebook. Okay. No problem there, though. But when I was at Lazada, one of the things that Lazada was doing very well was really innovating and looking at data. Like every day, uh, we were looking at daily transaction count, daily user growth, cost per acquisition, the business side of it. I, I, I was able to, because I was at Lazada when it was a rocket company up until okay. it transitioned into an Alibaba company. So you got to see the business metrics, the what do investors look at? How do you project growth? These things... Um, this was my first exposure into it where cost per acquisition was a discussion, uh, earnings before tax, the real business study, um, more than an MBA, Lazada taught me um, wow. really how business works. So that business model is what's fundamentally impacting the current model of Metaverse Go. So it's really an e-commerce platform for future of commerce. And finally, um, moving on to, to ByteDance, what, what, what particular portion were you, were you doing for ByteDance? Was it also TikTok as well? Um, so, yeah, I was looking after TikTok and primarily looking after partnerships. So what, you got to, what I got to experience there is really building relations uh, with other corporations, other companies, taking a look at advertising um, and agency partnerships, basically creating top-level contracts and agreements that sort of help you leverage on an ecosystem to grow your business as opposed to, you know, bootstrapping. It's finding out that, okay, who else or how can I build agreements that are mutually beneficial? Because I think there's so much growth and a lot of times, you know, a lot of people are very protective. They're very um, concerned about their own ideas and they do not share this because they feel like, oh, somebody's going to steal my idea. What ByteDance did differently is offered these ideas out to collaborate. So if you think of how they're doing content creators, for example, mm -hmm. they basically created a marketplace. They're not benefiting from that. They're not earning from it, but their users benefit from the creator marketplace and that made their platform better. Uh, they have working relationships with agencies that, you know, were not explored by other larger tech companies prior to ByteDance. And so that relationship building was definitely something that they did. It accelerated their growth because they were opening up and building instead of, you know, it's really a project that they were doing at different business levels. And that experience there is also definitely good for business development, for ideating, for business, um, creating partners and getting investment. Eventually, so I think uh, I'll credit my thanks to that for that. Yeah. So I, I like how you sort of you know you were able to utilize all of, all of these. And what I just want, what I wanted to demonstrate to the people listening to the podcast is that basically how all these different experiences came together for you to eventually 
conceptualize metaverse go so can you can you share with us a bit more of the thinking process i mean to come up with a problem setup or realizing this is something i want to solve how did it get there and how did your experiences i guess in the past eventually lead you to creating metaverse go well the first thing was curiosity is your first trigger right um you start hearing about these things like nfts crypto web3 and you start validating because there's a lot of people that you hear from and you go like, ah, I don't trust this person to mm-hmm. also hearing it from people you trust. So I think the first one is validating. It's trying to study on your own, reaching out to friends uh, within the community who you trust, you seek advice from. And I've been fortunate that, you know, I was able to reach out to people that have advised me in the past, commerce to new spaces. And, and I, I got, I had the luxury of reaching out to these people and when they share their ideas, sometimes even a simple coffee becomes a brainstorming session with the right person, right? So I think that is how it started. It was my curiosity mixed with finding the right people to advise and consult. Later on, you realize that, you know, you can't put uh, all these questions you have, you see a gap and um, you have a possible solution that you could offer because you're asking the right questions. You're going, oh, this is a little bit too hard for me. Why isn't it easier? Can't it be easier? And the moment you start asking those questions, if there's no answer, then you go, maybe I can make it easier. And that's how it gets started. Okay. And then from there, now, how did how did it eventually, because I'm having a, a, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking right now, you worked for ByteDance and you left to go entrepreneurial because of this idea that you had with regard to the metaverse? Is that right? Um, yeah. Well, a validated idea. It's more of uh, we had that idea and a lot of people, the right people told me that that is a good idea. And some of them even contributed to improving on the idea. So it gets to a point where you think about it more than your day job that you go, I have to do this. <laughs> But how's it for you? I mean, I mean, I hear the mind me asking because there are many entrepreneurs also listening right now, thinking, you know, when is it time to leave my day job for 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 this other job, which where there is no job security? I mean, the, that must have been a challenge for you also as well to 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 leave a to leave a secure job and and come here, even if it's still in the same tech startup space. No, um, completely fair, right? So the first part is getting the right people to say they'll back you. So at this point, I. Before I left, I already got to meet my co-founders. Um, so I had a fantastic engineer uh, who runs his own engineering shop. And I, um, the former head of Ragnarok Games and head of gaming for Globe um, as a business partner, I were ideating together with a few advisors. And at this point, like they were willing, they were putting in time uh, without getting paid, right? And we were building out the product without an investor um, yet in mind, but we were building. And then the next step is we pitch it out. We, we try to see, and that's where we had some people tell us that's good. And the moment you have YGG say, it's good enough. I'll give you money. If you'll really do that, that's when you go, okay, I, if they can give me money, who else can give me money? And, that's that's where you know you try to build a list 
of people that will back you. You try to evaluate your runway and how much cost you need. And I wouldn't quit my day job if I didn't have the backing um, <laughs> completely. So, so the moment I had some sense of, okay, people will invest here. That's the only time I passed my resignation letter. It's not, <laughs> I resigned, go broke and we built. It was, we built, I had the people to help ideate with me first. Um, I had potential or commitment coming from people that says, if we do this, they will back us. Um, and that is when we did the jump. It's not jump first and then figure out how to swim. It was, do we have the right coach? Well, is there at least some level of salvabida or float? Uh, <laughs> and then, then I jump, right? And then, of course, you learn to swim and when you're in the water, but I had a kickboard at the very least before yeah. I jump. So where, where are we right now on, on the development of Metaverse Go? Oh, perfect. Um, so honestly, the platform is launched as of yesterday. Um, so timing wise, perfect. Um, so you could actually go to our website. Um, we've been running. Can you, the can, actual, you, can you dictate the website over here so we can also publish it on the page? Sure. It's Metaverse Go. Uh, so it's M E T A V E R S E G O dot G G. So G G stands for good game. Um, and yeah, and also if you're a Globe user, we we're launching with a sort of partnership with Globe for your first NFT. So if you could go to your Globe One app and search NFT, uh, you will find a promo where for about fifty points. You will be. You can own your first NFT ever. So it's very limited. Wow. It's a globe issue, but it's it's a proof of concept from our side. Great, great. And now this is interesting. I want to know. In um, you know, obviously, you you already have your investment for four point two million and dollars, and that is just your seed round. There's a lot more coming in eventually as you go to Series A, B, and up to Series C. I just want to know where do you see that up at least three to five years down the road. We know that right now you're, you're playing with it here in the Philippines, but I'm sure the money that's coming is because they're seeing that um, this is something that's not applicable just here, but uh, you know, in, in other countries with similar, I guess, so, socioeconomic situations and, and uh, usage of the internet like we have here in the Philippines. Perfect. Uh, the first thing is, as we build the product, the Philippines is a very good uh, test market. The appreciation, the interest, and the openness to explore NFTs and cryptocurrencies is relatively high. Gaming, actually, uh, if so, gaming is one of the top advertising groups on platforms like Facebook, Google, or TikTok. Like games come in second to e-commerce in terms of ads. And what you're going to know is that the Philippines is a test market for most games. So it's not a revenue market for games, but it is a test market. Now, if you change the ecosystem wherein you could earn from the game, suddenly the Philippines is a very good market for it, right? Because you're no longer looking at the spending capacity per user. You're just looking at how many players are there in that market who will enjoy the game and contribute to the game. So the Philippines is a perfect test market. As we expand into our succeeding rounds, what we're going to look at is really exploring similar markets um, across Southeast Asia, maybe Africa, Latin America, where you know the community and the value and the unit economics makes sense. 
um, in terms of interesting a user to play or use the platform. I just want to go back to the comment section over here. Uh, Arnil, Arnil coming over here saying uh, exactly the site online. Uh, can we share that over here right now, Mike? We got, okay, again, it's HTTPS, uh, metaverseGo.gg. And if you are logging in through Globe, no, if you have the Globe app, you can go to what Carla is saying over Carla Noel. It's uh, app.metaverseGo.gg slash login. So guys, take that down. I think that's one of your NFTs, right? Right there. I think that's one um, of your NFTs. Yeah, so, so these guys are using my NFT or our, our, our NFT. But when you go for Globe, it's the Globe One app. You just search, uh, if you have points or rewards, you can just search, um, what do you call this? The reward area for vouchers you could exchange. And like Lazada or any shopping voucher, you could use that voucher on our platform to claim your first NFT. Yeah. Um, and because. Armel shared a lot of it actually right now, all the instructions over here. Can we, share, can we show Armel's post over here? Mike, there you go. Ano tama tama baash? <laughs> yeah, that's per, yeah, 50 reward points. That's uh, so you get that from Globe, and because um, so you know, we we got to work with them as a support for their September 17 and uh, 917 kind of day. So, yeah, so it's a Globe themed NFT, um, that's available, and there's only 917 of these available, oh. so unahan na lang. <laughs> and I think and it comes with a free concert ticket. Perfect, perfect. And there's one more. If you want to join the Metaverse Go community, Andrea Castillo shows where you can go to them on Discord. Can we show that uh, message over there, Mike? There you go. Join the Metaverse Go community at uh, discord.gg slash kw2wyzns for those listening just uh, on the podcast. Thanks a lot. So there's a lot to start off. And I'm so glad that you know we've got the ball rolling. The, the momentum is with you guys right now. For the other entrepreneurs, tech entrepreneurs who are listening to this program, how can they be part of the ecosystem where they can also uh, be with the metaverse? Where, where, where do you see the opportunities for them to be part of Metaverse Go right now? So I, I think first let's talk about the whole ecosystem and the community. I think there's so much technology advancement. And usually, and this is my experience and why we're building, right, um, is adoption for technology is always lagging. Like when I was working at Facebook or even Lazada, right? Commerce was primarily already mobile um, mm -hmm. and pe people have shifted into mobile usage, right? Right now, I don't know how many, how often do you open Facebook on your phone versus a browser uh, or even Lazada or how often do you use the app versus a browser? So, but when this was happening, um, brands, advertisers, we're not thinking of advertising for a mobile phone, right? And we had to train, we had to teach people that, you know, your ads, your horizontal hat ads, maybe vertical or square would do better on a mobile phone. Mm -hmm. um, also your font, uh, superscript na maliit, baka hindi na mabasa sa cell phone. So you have to think different and make bigger text. So all these little bits, um, there's always that little human adoption is always lagging against technology. So as an entrepreneur, as you're ideating, and um, part of the gifts of an entrepreneur is you kind of have unlimited ideas or you keep thinking of new ways to do things. And that's probably both the curse and the sort of benefit of a, being an entrepreneur. So you have to find that space where you're able to create a bridge 
to help people adapt to the evolution of their technology that's there. And that's generally what we're doing as Metaverse Go. We're making people learn and adapt uh, to Web3 and the whole new version of the internet by creating or simplifying it for them. So that's one. Um, the next thing I'll do is, I advise is really test things out, like have um, have a, you know, something you learn in grade four, grade five, you make experiments. Yeah, uh, probably, oh, grade two, because my daughter's doing it already, where, where you have a plant that you keep indoors and outdoors, right? And you go, oh, what is the impact of sunlight to my plant's growth? As you grow, um, a lot of times we get a little bit too cocky. We rely on our experience and we go, or you keep doing the same thing over and over again. My recommendation is always experiment, always test out uh, your ideas. Um, and also, if it's working, uh, I, I'm not a fan of if it's working, don't fix it. Um, there's always room for improvement and incremental improvements. Or every new idea, every new innovation is really a combination. I heard this from one of my mentors. It's really two good ideas put together. And that's how evolution of ideas come about. And so always look to improve on the current scenario. So I think those are the three things to take away. It's find the gap. The second would be always test. Um, and the third is ideas is really it's incremental in nature and you can combine two ideas to make a better one really great advice for entrepreneurs not just in the tech space but for other in other industries as well in fact it's even better for non-tech industries because those are very disruptive and, and new ideas i mean those are out of left field ideas when you look at uh, non-tech companies now if people want right. to participate let's say what spaces do you think that they can still fill in inside the platform that that you can still where you can still see a lot of um uh, tech entrepreneurs coming into. I, I can see that there are spaces for NFT, there's spaces for play to earn games, but are you seeing specific niches there or unique, you know, unique play to earn games that people can still come in and, and you're in, and you're looking for these people to, to come in and, and populate the platform? Yeah. So um one thing I've noticed is that one, there is a great developer community in the Philippines. So if uh and even around the world, right? If you're building out games uh and you'd like your game to be discovered Basically, the value that we do is really market your platform or your game. So reach out to us and we'll be more than happy to support that. Um, if you're an artist or if you're an influencer, RJ, if you want your own NFTs and you want to probably Perfect. explore that, uh, give us a chat and we'll, we'll, we'll see how we can build one for you. And you can become a person that's you know promoting your product on our platform. The only difference that we have is we try to add value. Um, to these things. It's not just pure, oh, it's a picture. Um, but like, what do you tie into it? Like if I, if I were to explore or the example that we have running today is that if I get the, for example, the globe, um, NFT on our platform, there's a concert to it or a little game, uh, whatever benefit, but tie in some value. And I think people love or appreciate like value. And I think great thing. Tying that back to Lazada experience, it's creating a bundle. It's really bundling things out. It's not just buying your cell phone, but your cell phone comes with a freebie of a headphone or a case. These little things are carried forward till today. Yeah, I, I just recently, um, I just recently hosted a uh, a new art art tech startup, basically for NFTs, where 
when, when they were auctioning it off and, and you won, you would not only get the you would not only get the NFT, but you'd also get a certificate of the artwork coming to you, a limited edition Perfect. that you could keep for yourself. I mean, those are the type of things that you do to make sure that these are things which people like, or these are these are something that's exclusive to you. It's not just the NFT per se. It's also underlying the NFT, the physical value of the NFT that they have. Uh, speaking of that one, we've got some things going on over here. MetaverseGo.gg just sent us a message over here. Let me just read it for you guys. Well, free plug, you own your first NFT with your global reward points powered by Metaverse Go. Uh, embark on a journey with Goody as he takes you to unique experiences by allowing you to get an exclusive pass to Globes G Music Fest. Exactly what, what I was talking about earlier on, uh, Ash. Earn chances to win special prizes and have new moments to cherish. Ready to, ready to own your first NFT? Just go visit... Uh, uh, glbe.co slash newglobe1. Ayan, tama-tama. May, may link to plugin ka dyan, Ash. So, again, uh -huh. thanks so much for joining us here, Ash. I think people learned a lot uh, from what you had to share over here. And I want Armel to have the last word over here. Uh, our, let's share, let's share Ar Armel's comment. He says over here, guys, don't miss the bus right now. It's, it's still early to enter and explore the metaverse and the opportunity and technology presents with just a mobile number. You can already explore limitless possibilities with Metaverse Go. Thanks so much for the very interactive team of Metaverse for helping support uh, Ash uh, during this discussion. Awesome. I think it's very, very, very helpful over here. Ash, uh, more power to you. Thanks for the insight you're sharing with the entrepreneurs over here. I hope you guys had a really great talk and, and had a lot of great insights coming from this episode of the Arjuna Despa podcast. We'll see you guys in the next podcast. Again, Ash, thanks so much. Take care. Thank you very much, RJ, and thanks, everyone. It was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.